This podcast is hosted by RPP. The following episode contains coarse language, violent themes, sexual references, and the really creepy stuff. If you're underage, turn off your device. Normal people, Esther, don't just go straight to demonic infestation like we do. Because the government was also freaked out about the movies. They might be dealing with a demonic possession. Meanwhile, as she's on top of him squeezing his throat, she's screaming, who sent him here? And they started to move towards her really fast. What are these? Australian aliens. <laughs> good one, Gemma. That was very funny. It was pretty good. I'm great. <laughs> okay, welcome back <laughs> to I Think My Fridge is Haunted. Yay! The big episode. This is a big boy. Is this uh, episode seven, seven? Eight? Could be uh, eight. She's doing, I can't read nut fingers. Says it's seven. Five, six, seven. <gasps> Lucky number seven, legs 11. We're on the um, other half of the season. Holy cow! Holy We're cow. on the second second half. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. Jeez. What? What have what? you been up to? Oh, oh, I'm Gemma, by the way. I'm I'm Ethel. I'm Esther. Okay. I'm Estelle. <laughs> this, I'm Esther. This, this virus is getting to our brains, yeah. man. We oh, are. no, guys, I'm currently in the midst of a panic attack because I just got a message from my boss saying my work is shut down. Look, I'm happy, but I'm also terrified. Channel the energy into the microphone. It's going to be okay. Manergy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Manager yep. energy. Yes. Manager Excellent. Energy. Cool. What have you been up to? Do you have any? I know you're stressed, but do you have any funny stories from this? Yeah. Did um, anything funny happen? I just got off the of uh, uh, Instagram live video with my dearest drag friend Moxie Delight. Oh, did he do that thing where he, he did a makeover of me? Oh, how fun! It was so fun. Yeah. He did my face from Blank A Pop. Um, did you? tell him what you do or did he just make no it up he from- he chose the look he wanted to do of me i really wanted him to do my alien look from gay life drawing but he went in blanky pop which that was, was like epic. people losing their shit over that look i didn't really like it because it was great the only makeup i had to use was uv because the whole that whole gig is um centered around uv and black lights and shit so mm-hmm. my like in the normal light, my face looked really shit and clown-like. But then when they put the black light on me and like turn all the lights off on the stage, my whole body was glowing. It was it such a cool. sick gig. It I had the very, best very time. Cool. And I loved your outfit. Thanks. Well, I was naked. I only had a G-string on. No, I saw what you had like this. Oh, this big gnarly coat thing. Like yeah. a silver checkerboard type design. Oh, no, that was the alien one. Yeah. We're talking about Blanke Pop, mate. Because you do so many gigs. So, I well, not anymore. <laughs> um, Little Shop of Horrors costumery. Holy shiitake mushrooms. Their stuff is the tits. Mm-hmm. That wig you styled, it looked like honey. It's, like, it's a nice oh my God, the lace front. It lo- What the hell, man? Do what nice the stuff. hell? They do nice stuff. She does real good stuff, eh? Uh, okay, I'm going to tell you a funny story. All this, right. this, it, it's kind of funny anyway. Mm, okay, go. <laughs> so this week, <laughs> I'm She's in my laughing house. at herself. What a dork. 
I'm because I've decided this week. I was like, I'm gonna just. Oh my wait, whole is house. this the possum story? Hang on, what about the possum on the balcony? Your neighbors? Did I tell you about that? Yeah, you told both Chris and I. Oh my god, yes! As soon as it happened, I was like, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm like disinfecting my house. I get a knock on the front door. It's my husband's colleague going, I've just dropped off these like designs for him. Can you give it to him? I'm like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. And she's like, I said, do you want to come in for a drink? She goes, no, nah, I don't feel very well. So yep. like we're kind of doing the thing outside when you just, you just kick We're it. like three meters away from each other, but like we're still having a chat and stuff. Anyway, the girl from across the road oh my God. comes out of her house and she starts kind of like, Sort of standing awkwardly, like, and we're chatting, and I'm like, hey, you oh, okay? that's a sign of a corona. That's like <laughs> anyway, a- well, I had opened the door to go outside, <laughs> and, of course, Zachy, my dog, he's come outside with me, and he, he's just kind of, like, disappeared somewhere. Anyway, my neighbour comes out. I'm like, hey, what's up? She goes... Well, your dog's just done a massive poo oh, in the neighbor's garden. That's my husband. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, don't worry. I'm going to sort it out. And I said, listen, I'll, I'll talk to you later, dude. I've got to sort this out. She said, okay, cool. So she drives off. And um, so I go in there and it's on like mulch and it's like literally the same color. So I'm like, Ooh, oh my what? God, where am I going to find this poo? I've got the bag and everything. Finally, I find it. So I bag it up and then I look and there's like this dead animal in the mulch and it's like wet and half rotten. Right. And I'm like, what is that? Because, you know, when you see like a dead animal, you're like, what is it? (laughs) (laughs) So, and I'm like, is it a brush-tailed possum? And I was like... Ah, it looks different. Maybe it's a cat because, you know. Are you going to call me again? I swear, every time Gemma finds a dead cat, she'll call me on the phone and be like, Esther, what do I do with it? And I'm like, did you kill it? No. Is it still breathing? No. It's in the backseat of my car. She's already put it in her boot. (laughs) She's driving down the highway with half a cat. She's like, like, are you going to take it to the vet? Is it okay? And I'm like, no, it looks like bolognese. Its head is missing. I'm like, then why is it in your car, dude? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It was my first instinct. Oh, my God. I had to put so many droplets of, like, peppermint oil through my car and I had to leave all the windows open for ages. You're amazing. Anyway, so this – and I was like, is it a dead cat? Because I have the curse of always being confronted with dead cats. I know. I'm so glad I don't have that curse. It's, like, literally a thing now. I see dead cats all the time. What's up with that? See, I just get huntsmen's. That's my curse. Uh, Huntsmen's everywhere. You're so brave. Thank you. (laughs) So I'm like, dude, what is this thing? And I'm like, is that a button? Oh, <laughs> that's the bum hole, Gemma. <laughs> <laughs> and I reach out and just with my finger and my thumb, I pick it up. It's a freaking vintage fur stole with like satin and everything. And it's just been discarded. Was it wet? Yeah, yeah, been there for ages. Like what? it was just rotting in the garden. This wouldn't be so unbelievable if it was somewhere like Fitzroy, Richmond. This is Carom Downs. Yeah, for, I don't, dude. Are you sure it's not a, like a a furry butt plug? <laughs> it ha- it was satin lined. With yeah, fur. man. They have they have crazy butt plugs these days. Tails. It's a tail. It's probably a butt plug tail. Well, I threw it back. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
Uh, I don't know what's up with that. I'm pretty sure aliens put it there because I don't think anyone in Caram Downs has a vintage first soul. And if they do, they're throwing them in gardens. They stole it from mm. someone. Yeah, it's stolen. Okay. <laughs> Back from the freezer. Back from the freezer. <gasps> oh, that's a nice oh, sound. The pink button makes the a stereotypically pink noise. Yes. <laughs> Can we put glitter on it? It looks like there's a big pubic hair on it at the moment. <laughs> oh, that it needs to be sparkly, not puby. All right, <laughs> you got a fact? Yep. <laughs> Kangaroo farts don't contain methane. Boom, roasted. What? Isn't that crazy? Mind blown. Yep. What? What? But they eat so much grass. I don't know, man. I just got it off Google. That's nuts. Right? Case closed. Podcast done. Well done. Thank you. All right. My fact. Uh, I can't even remember what I wrote. I wrote ages ago. The, pa- the first pa- patent for a mechanical freezer was granted in the US in 1851 by Dr. John Gorey, who <coughs> lived in Florida. He created the machine with the purpose of cooling air for yellow fever patients, and it accidentally started freezing water instead, <laughs> <laughs> leading to one of the first designs for a freezer. Facts from the freezer. <laughs> Yo, I hope all this is recording. We're definitely recording. <laughs> all right. That was sick. Thank you. I'm talking about the sound effect. <laughs> hey, we've got a special guest. We have a special guest. Our special guest is Enya. She's Hello. a friend of ours. Whoa. Can we say your manager? Yeah, so I'm front of house manager at the Wonderground Burlesque venue in Mentone. Excellent. Oh, shit. Oh, that was really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a really rad new venue that's popped up. Yep. Uh, Look up Burlesque Wonderground on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a performer with the girls. Yeah. Um, do a bit of burlesque. Yeah. I also do a lot of running. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought I'd kind of pop around and say hi. Hey, Jill. We always kind of like, or always have these like quick chats at, at gigs and stuff yeah. like that. And we never get to sit down and have a chat. Yeah, everything I do is on the fly. It's like everyone's like, oh, who was this person? She was just like running in high heels across in the stage. In a burlesque outfit. Yeah. While managing at the same time. <laughs> yep. And behind the bar and seating everyone. Holding cocktails and throwing chairs at the guests. <laughs> Who is she? Some <laughs> oh, crazy bitch. Jesus. So, yeah, we wanted to get you in because we heard you were a listener of the podcast. And we heard you had some stories to tell. Yeah. It's one of these things where you kind of... Like, you don't think that other people would want to hear about, like, the weird shit that happens to you. But apparently this is, like, a real thing. 100%. Oh, we love it. We absolutely love it. We're making our fake career off that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, I was wondering if you wanted to tell us, because I I believe you have two stories. Yes, I do. You wanted to tell us one of your stories and then maybe Esther can tell her Yeah, I got a short, short, sweet and... And terrifying then, one. Ooh. Oh, sweet. So I've got a ghost story or a creature story. Ooh, a um, creature story. Yeah. Yeah, do creature. Yeah, do creature what do you story? reckon? Wait, what is your topic spooky? Uh, it's more conspiracy. 
Okay, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So my creature story is quite interesting. I didn't really think it was like a big thing. I just kind of saw it and kept going like, oh, that was really weird. I thought my mind was playing tricks on me. So um, I'm from originally down down the peninsula, um, but my husband lives up in a really little town called Diamond Creek. Yep. And there's a place that converges when you enter like the start of the town. It's like, it's called Sawpit Gully. So there's like three big roads that converge on a really big roundabout and it's quite low set. So the gully itself has the big roundabout and there's all these roads that come into it. And then as you're coming through on the right hand side, there's the Diamond Creek Cemetery, Mm. which is this amazing, beautiful, old cemetery you can't get buried there anymore because it's so old and like you have to have like a family plot and shit because Mm. it's like old um it's got these amazing like big archway and really big um like wrought iron gates it's quite spooky looking really proper graveyard proper graveyard like quite overrun yeah it's Mm. lovely it's surrounded by a really big fence of very thick pine trees as well so it's like really well enclosed so I'm driving. It's not. Yeah. Oh, it's like super homely for the ones yeah. that real love it. Creepy. I love cemeteries. Yeah, so Especially do I. Especially old ones. They're so beautiful. Don't yes. have to talk to anyone. Literally what we did yeah. in London was like walk through the oldest cemeteries for like a whole day because why not? Yeah. Um, that and squirrels. Oh, yeah. We, we just have um, bogans. Yeah. <laughs> and crows. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so – you pass this cemetery and I'd only kind of been seeing my husband for a, a couple of months at this stage and was driving up after work and it was a little bit late at night um, and I've gone around the roundabout and this thing's run across in front of me and I've stopped because I'm a bit like you, Jim. I tend to be that person that finds a, like a dead dog, a dead cat, an injured thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll be like the rescuer. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. So I've stopped in the middle of this roundabout. There's nothing around me. There's, it's not a particularly foot traffic heavy place either. There's houses up on the, the hills, but it's, there's not a lot of light around and there's a very big deep drain system that goes under the roundabout so I stopped and this thing was in front of me and I'm looking at it and I have a biology degree so I'm looking at it and I'm like what are you it's about the size of a big dog pretty muscly black skin not hair there was no hair on it what um Point, like a very pointed muzzle and very pointed ears. So kind of like almost like a Doberman ear and quite very pointed snout, black skin, no... What was the tail like? It was like a long tail. It, it was like extended from its spine straight out. It didn't like stick up or it anything. It couldn't be like the Black Panther. No, well, it wasn't... the first thing that came to my mind, yeah. but... wasn't a cat at all. was not a cat, was not hairy. It was skin. Like I could see my... Chupacabra! My, well, yeah, that's all, I'm th- that's all I can think of. I was looking at it and I was like, what the shit is this? And then it looked at me and its little eyes reflected really red and I was like, mm, is this Dude, like- that sounds, yeah, legit. Well, because like I've, I know what, like- but this is the, in Victoria. This, yeah, yeah, this is- We haven't had any sightings of Chupacabra. No, but this was a bit, so I went home and I was like, mm, I've just run into something and 
I was, I think a couple of weeks later, I was talking to my sister-in-law, now sister-in-law. She was like, yeah, it's the creature. And I was like, dude, what? She's like, there's like, like a thing about this where people have seen it in their backyards. There was like these rumours that they thought it was a fox that had mange and all its fur had oh. fallen out. But I mean, I'm yeah. like, it was bigger than it a was fox. Big. It was like the size of a, like a Labrador. I'm going to Google it. And so I kind of went, well, I... I remember finding a bit on Facebook and that was about it. There wasn't a whole lot more than Monster or creature? Creature. Of Diamond Creek? Yeah, of Sawpit Gully. And that's what she said to me. Sawpit Gully. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, they've seen it. People have seen it in their backyards. Saw as in? S-A-W. Saw. People have seen it in their backyards and, you know, because of the drain system that lives under there and... The cemetery, it's like a really good place for them to hide. And then recently when I like when we were talking about me coming on the show, I said mm. that to my husband. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go and have a chat about this. He's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And I was yep. like, okay, so I'm not crazy. It's not just something that's popped up in my head. It's this thing. And apparently yeah. it's like a, f- a f- somewhat similar local legend. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, that's incredible. Oh. And what year do you think this was? Um, so probably 2009, 2010. Okay. Jesus. So I'm thinking some sort of hybrid creature who has like maybe a mange issue. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, but what's with the red eyes? Well, I don't know whether it was well, a they, reflection of my headlights hmm. or because it was like, it's one of those things. And I do believe sometimes your mind is a little yeah. bit... <laughs> exaggerates yeah and just kind of tells you that there are things that you haven't necessarily seen but this thing was in front of me wow and I didn't know what it was how did it okay so how it moved it was very sleek so it was like it didn't like a lollop or like um it, it was like a very sleek quick movement like a fox yeah like low like it was bent low to the ground yeah. and like so super sleek, quick movements that um, didn't extend mm. much much further than the front of its body. And it really, um, yeah, it was like really quick and then it stopped and it looked at me and then it kind of turned back and then just kept going. Because as you come down, so you come from um, like Eltham down a big hill and then you've got the cemetery on your right, and then you've got Old Diamond Creek Road on your left, mm. and it goes up through the windy mile. So it was mile. near the cemetery. Yeah, it was like right at this, right in the big roundabout. As you go around the cemetery, it just kind of like ran from a little brush area across the road in front of me, and then into the cemetery. It stopped to look at you, kind of. Yeah, because I squealed to a halt because mm. I didn't want to hit it. Right, and then and then it just just kept going, kept going into the forest. Yeah, and. I wish now that I'd kind of gotten out and had more of a look, but I was like 19 and a bit worried about getting murdered. What sort of feet did it have? I don't really think I looked that closely, but they were like, they weren't anything terribly big or clawy or anything. It was like, they were like proper, proper paws. Mm. And it was very pointy. Like it was really, really pointy, like very pointed snout. Like a... When you see the skull of certain, like, mammals, how it... Yeah, like, it, it, I kind of almost sharp. want to... Yeah, like... It sounds like a type of... Like a fox, fox skull. Ish. It's ish. very ish. Yeah. Fox-ish creature. But, like, its ears were bigger and it was black. Like a black, black, jet black skin. Wow. Like a, like a sphinx cat 
Yeah, and oh. it was like muscular. Like I could, I remember seeing like the muscles in its shoulders, and the way that it kind of like moved its shoulders was really powerful. And it stopped, and it like it didn't skid or it didn't like it was. Damn, this is wow. cool. That's like, awesome. Yeah, I that's love sick. that because quite often we'll talk mm. about this type of thing, and it'll be like you know, Point Pleasant in the US mm. or it'll be somewhere, you know, in the UK. This yep. this has literally happened in our state. Yeah, and, like, you know, in this tiny little sticks town, which is a really, really cute little town, but, like, everyone knows each other. My husband's mm. literally moved house once mm-hmm. and that was to the house that we live in now. He's, oh, really? was born in and lived in the house that he grew up in. His mum moved into that house when she was, like very early teens and lived in that house, like bought that house from her dad when he built a house next door to them. Like Mm -hmm. this, this town is super ingrained in knowing each other. Like it's really very country. Um, And it was quite blase when I was talking to them about it. Glenn's sister was like, oh yeah, yeah, this is just what it is. And I was like, could you try – because I just tried Googling it and I couldn't find anything. Yeah. But could you try send us some drawings or whatever yeah. you find of it? Yeah, absolutely. Put it on the Instagram. Right. Cool. Mm. Yeah, that'd that's be great. Sick. Thank you so much for that mm. story. That's really interesting. Yeah, really it was cool. just one of yeah, those yeah. things where – and, like, I hadn't even thought about it until we were talking at the craft – like, the community craft Oh, day. yeah, the bushfire yeah, yeah. animal pouch thing. Mm. Yep. Yeah, that was cute. All right. Should okay. I do my story? Yeah. I would love to hear your story. <laughs> Wait, we need like a tinkering sound <laughs> while I'm getting my shit. Playing with the sound <laughs> nope. Still getting used to this stuff. Yes. Oh. As I'm browsing my shit. Browsing my shit. All right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was your fault, Chris. I didn't even press it that time. <laughs> okay, so um, I got my sources from The Independent, Discuss Global, Vice, and Trottler. Cool. Mm, so, what's my story? You'll ask <laughs> oh, me. Trottler. What's Trottler? Yeah, that's where the the plot thickens. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Yes, this one's a bit weird. Cool. Ah! <laughs> <All right. coughs> I do not have the coronavirus. I am a smoker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So recently, a lot of you may have heard about the current online craze centering around the viral viral relationship between Terry W. East and Stephanie East. <gasps> she's got, She's gasping. I know of this. Okay. I know nothing. And yeah. it's weird. Yes. Ooh, spill the beans. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. To spell it out quickly, because my story isn't directly on Stephanie, but it inspires it. Yep. So Terry is a middle-aged white dude who is in a de facto relationship with a sex doll called Stephanie. <gasps> I do know this. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Yep. And, de facto um, relationship. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think they were engaged, but what's happened is recently Stephanie and her baby, who I think the name was Hunter, have gone missing. The, and people are, like, creating all this shit about, like, help find Stephanie. And, like, Stephanie had her own Facebook and – they posted the photos of her having giving the birth, what? and like this dude Terry's mum is the midwife. Oh no! What and it's the just hell? got Stephanie like laying on the bed with like this just this like 
fucking zoned out face because she's a doll. And then and then it, the Terry is like, there's a shot of him who, and he's just passed out unconscious on the floor and it's the caption. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I passed out. Is it a come and go situation? Oh no, will there be complications? And it's got the like grandma pulling out this doll. It's like this a baby, baby doll. Oh, we're snipping the cord. Oh, mm. mama looks so happy, blah, blah, blah. Don't yeah. don't snip the cord. Mum will deflate. <laughs> <laughs> it's the power cord. Don't touch yeah. it. Get electrocuted. <laughs> no, let him electrocute himself. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so is this doll one of those like super lifelike dolls? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, is yeah, it yeah. like $2 like dollar shop hen party No, 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 doll? no. It's, it's lifelike <laughs> to an extent where it kind of looks like an anime character. Like she's... She's a, he's such a dickhead. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but she has a birth certificate, this doll, that he filled out. They're like proper, super synthetic. Yeah. Like silicon. Yeah. Like she has, she's, she's got a vagina and a bum hole and nipples and all that shit. Yeah. But, um, like he filled out her details and he said that she was from Shinjuku, but then wrote the country is China. So I'm not sure if there's a Shinjuku in China, but I definitely know there's one in Tokyo. So either he's just a racist idiot, but yeah, she's this Asian, like anime looking character doll. Yeah. Okay. And the baby is like a, um, newborn baby you get from a toy shop. Baby born. Baby born. Oh, that's wow, what it that's is? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Baby. The white babies. <laughs> the bold white brain. baby in a nappy. Yeah. So the baby is a different race. No, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the baby's the a different race, actually. Okay. <laughs> but um Stephanie's gone missing. And so the internet's gone crazy. There's a wanted poster and shit for Stephanie and that's triggered me on my next um t- onto the topic of today. Okay. You guys won't guess it, but you're gonna you're gonna hear about it. You're screwed. I so I did a little bit of research into the world of sex dolls. Sweet, and I mean the really lifelike dolls with skin as soft as marshmallows and body hair, and the ones that actually like warm up. Whoa. Yeah, 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 dude. It's like a whole thing. It's a whole friggin' thing. I've heard of, like, sex dolls that are, you know, very intricately made with all the working parts and things like that. And, you know, they take months to... Yeah, well, that's them. But they do... They can heat up and they have movable joints and all that that, uh, good stuff. Mm. But um, this then led me... So I skipped... I skipped the um, typical lifelike doll and I stumbled across a Japanese company who creates and distributes these dolls but makes children dolls oh my God, for adults. This. And that's what Trotler is. Ugh. So turns out um, the creator is a pedophile Jeez. and okay. he creates these lifelike, incredibly lifelike child dolls you've been down a rabbit hole haven't you oh honey oh i've heard about this before i've i yeah it's 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 huge and it's huge in japan and there's a show on netflix i should have gotten the name but i can't remember it but it's basically this british woman who goes to japan and she's trying to like work out the whole fascination with um oh the blonde yeah, yeah 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 she 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 goes and interviews like the um, idol cafes in Tokyo and the fascination with hentai that's based around 
women that look like children. And like there's cafes you can go to in Japan where you have dates with like 14 and 15 year old girls. Yeah. And it's like a whole ring. A whole thing. Yeah. And like the, there's these guys that like will entice schoolgirls into going and being hostesses. Quote yeah. unquote. Okay. Completely. Yeah, and there's that she actually interviews a pedophile who has a collection of these dolls and he's like, these dolls are great because it stops a lot of us from actually going out in the public and assaulting children. So there's this huge debate. Yeah, that's you know, a real moral issue, isn't it? It totally yeah, is. It's massive. And that's what I'm looking at today. So it's, okay. a, bit, it's a bit tricky. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> the owner's name is Shin Takagi. And um, he hasn't officially disclosed that these dolls are specifically created for pedophiles, but it is hinted at. And I mean, why else would adults be purchasing these sexually suggestive child dolls, Mm -hmm. if not for some darker reason? Um, I'm not allowed to publish these photos online. The website's super strict, but I will include it in the description. You could go on it and you can look at these dolls. they have nipples, they have, they're in lingerie, they're undeveloped, they're little kids, like up to like, I think like five years old. <gasps> yeah, they're oh, like, that young. they're children. Oh, yeah. they're like God. babies, like little. Yeah, they're like little toddler girls. I thought it was between, yeah, like <coughs> between four and eight. Yeah, they're kids. Okay, yep. wow. Um, this is a quote from him. I am helping people ex- express their desires legally and ethically. It's not worth living if you have to live with repressed desires. So, as horrendous as pedophilia is, pedophiles actually can't help it. And um, it's a sexual orientation that is hugely... uh, Obviously, there is so much debate and hatred towards it, but there are pedophiles living in society that hate what they have and they do not harm children. They don't look at child um, abuse material. They choose to live a life that is completely asexual mm-hmm. um, and they're super fucking depressed and suicidal and they hate themselves and they miss out on ever having families and all this shit. So it is quite sad. It's the people that act on that shit. I've heard there's support groups. There are. There yeah. are support groups. And there's you can um, chemically castrate yourself Completely. As well. like there's you chemical castration. There's therapy. Um, there's behavioural therapy, but... Um, as I'll get at in a minute, it doesn't always work, obviously, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. There's, yeah, there's a lot of online groups and forums for pedophiles dealing with their orientation but not wanting to harm anyone. Yeah. Like, it's a it's a real thing and it's sad. It's just the people who actually act on it. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Takagi sends anatomically... Anatomic, yeah, I said it right. Uh, correct sex dolls as young as five to clients around the world and has been doing so for more than a decade. Wow. He created the company due to his own suppressed attraction to children and his belief, and it is fair, that children, of course, obviously, that children need to be protected. We should accept that there is no way to change someone's fetishes. There are treatments for people with pedophilic orientation, such as chemical castration, obviously, and cognitive behavioural therapy. But research found these treatments, such as these, don't change the pedophile's basic sexual orientation towards children. 
The doll company, whose clients are mostly men living alone, believe that they're saving children from sexual abuse. Takagi says, I often receive letters from buyers. The letters say, thanks to your dolls, I can keep from committing a crime. I receive these letters like these from doctors, prep school teachers, even celebrities. What? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Legit, dude. Studies made by... Yeah, it's it's wild. Studies made by sexologist and psychologist Michael Seto, based at the University of Toronto, says there are two types... Um, different types of pedophiles. For some pedophiles, access to artificial child pornography or to child sex dolls could be a safer outlet for their sexual urges, reducing the likelihood that they would seek out child pornography or sex with real children. For others, having these substitutes might only aggravate their sense of frustration, which is 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the danger. This is where, like, it's such a huge risk. Not only that, these dolls are so lifelike. And it's, is it, is it going to fuel an escalation? <clears throat> Completely. Um, it's like having a sex toy. There's yeah. only so much you can use it until you're like, I want to go out and have sex. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, back to these dolls. These dolls are made to feel like real children. They have movable joints and have he- heating technologies. The company states that they aren't intended for actual sex, but saying that they do come with lingerie. So they're not exactly for kids. Mm. The doll's sexual function has not been installed anyway. This is because children do not perform sexual intercourse. That's a direct quote from Takagi. Um, He also states that if we were to find out that his dolls were being used, he would immediately stop production, which is interesting. Mm. I, I think that as that is in reference to if he was watching porn and one of his dolls were being used in the porn because they're that realistic. Okay. Yeah. Super realistic. Right. Um, Takagi only makes female dolls as there is a bigger market for female child dolls, which I'm actually surprised about. I'm surprised too because just from, uh, you know, listening to like, Hunting Warhead. Typically, yeah. I I would have presumed boys would have But um, the company does offer boy clothing to dress the dolls up in. And he says, dressing up the dolls is one of the greatest pleasures of the customer. So I think uh, quite a lot of them buy the lingerie, the dresses, and then boys' clothes. So Trotler, spout T-R-O-T-T-L-A, for those who want to look it up now, um, they refuse to send these dolls to a selection of countries, quote, We are the people of Japan and China, South Korea and North Korea have been recognised as clear enemies. We cannot agree to deal with the enemy. Israel is not the enemy. However, idolatry is a violation of the Jewish religion and we pay tribute to the religious beliefs of others. We do not want conflict with them. Also, safe transportation of the dolls cannot be secured in such a place, which I think is really, it's a random statement. It's very random. I didn't realize, yeah, <laughs> it's real random, but there you go. Um, so it's, they ship it everywhere else. There is a huge market for these dolls in the UK, which doesn't surprise me. No, it doesn't surprise me either. Um, but from what I've found, Japan is the highest buyer, which again doesn't surprise me because there's such a fascination with childlike um, imagery. Yeah. Yeah, like sexual, and yeah, fascination with 
like school young girls, girls school yeah. girls totally and i would not be surprised if australia and the us would be close to that market as well quote some people have this view that what the company is doing is sick but the doll is not a human being human rights do not belong to a doll the victim does not exist anywhere these people attack my company but i do not need to justify myself I expect many of these human beings either have mental problems, which I just think, mate, if you think our dolls are immoral, should we also remove all the world's nude sculptures like the statue of David just for reproducing genitalia? Um, That was his argument. Yeah. But, you know. David is a man. Yeah, he's an adult. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Look. It, see, this is a very debatable topic. You could yeah, talk hugely. about it for ages. Oh, yeah, like the is it ethical? Isn't you know? I mean, technically, he's not doing anything illegal. Whether it's ethical is completely different. Yeah, I mean, he's not including like vaginas. Yeah, I. But if you look at the dolls, they have like erect nipples, and they have mm. like an outline of a vagina through the lingerie. Yeah. And they're sexually suggestive. They're wearing fucking lingerie. And look, yeah. he's not marketing him to kids. No, he isn't. But there's a huge market. And these dolls are expensive. I bet they, they take are. months to make. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's widely debated. And, you know, I think it's interesting. I think they do need to reproduce um, uh, fake child abuse material. I do. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that's one of the methods of addressing like computer like visually yeah. like computer generated yeah. imagery. Yeah. I think they should do that. Okay. Yeah. Just to, you know, try and and offer that to pedophiles instead of them going on the dark web or them trying to produce it themselves. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, you know. Yeah, There's yeah. Fucking use technology, make fake children like you know, if that stops people from actually going out mm-hmm. and doing it to actual kids, like, <sighs> very debatable. Very debatable. I think there's going to be a lot of divided opinions yeah. on this. But yeah. again, if there, if this means that there are less victims, human, you know, yeah, trauma, yeah, yeah that comes from this. Oh, it's it's really things. hard. Like, uh, yeah, I'm super kind of funny about it. Mm. I'm also of the opinion that you are a functional human being. You have a developed frontal lobe. Contain yourself. 100%. It's with any fetish. Yeah. Mm. It's with any fetish. And, you know, there's some fetish – the whole saying, like, don't dish other people's fetishes. Mm. I say fucking do it. I I have a lot of issues with a lot of people's fetishes. Especially if they're, you know, they're really Children or they're animals or it's torture without – yeah, and do not, it doesn't matter, you know, don't... Yeah, and it's like, it's the same thing as like, you know, it, it's the same thing as rape. Like, you completely, you, know, you can't, you can't contain yourself. You need because to... Because of what? Yeah. Like, yeah. you have no reason to be able predator. to... Yeah. Completely. To be doing this, mm-hmm. you, you know it's not right. You just think that the entitlement is that you are entitled to it because it's your urge. Yeah. Um, and it's your fetish. It's yeah. like, nah. And it's... That's, yeah. Chemically castrating is completely the way to go for a lot of these people, I think. Okay. Unless you can control it and you're, you're fucking smart and you're 
respectful. Yeah. Like there are a lot of very lonely people out there who are pedophiles that have never, ever, ever acted on their urges and, and they've never, never had a sexual yeah. experience mm-hmm. because they're moral, they're, they're fucking clued in enough to know that that's completely abusive yeah. and they just choose to live a life of no sex. Mm-hmm. No, nothing. Like yeah, yeah. a lot of the time they say they can't even masturbate because they feel so horrible about what they're thinking of. So, I, you know. Yeah, actually speaking about what you were talking about before about, you know, th- things that don't work. I actually did read an article, it was quite a while ago, um, about a guy that um, was in prison um, and was in prison mm. for pedophilia. Mm. Um, he was released and he was released early. He was released with amazing psychotherapy praises they were saying that he was really really working very very hard to get better Mm -hmm. or get contained do what he needed to do Um, and he was saying that he sat we went to the doctors one day sat in the doctor's office um, looked up and there was a little child sitting across from him and he burst into tears yeah because it was very clear that no amount of therapy was going to fix him he was like I've worked for 10 years to get better and I saw the child and everything came flooding back and it was so devastating to me but I I suppose the difference now is that he realizes it and he's not going to take it he's not going to act on it I do commend him for that and I think Mm -hmm. that long-term behavioral change needs to be commended Mm. um and as, as long as he doesn't do it again, mm-hmm. yeah, like he needs to take responsibility for his own actions. Yeah, and um, sometimes I think this sort of thing needs to be actively given more investigation. I agree. More, more ass- opportunity for people to come forward. Yeah, if, and more because assistance. it starts when they're a teenager. It starts when they're puberty. going through puberty. They start to feel things towards kids, and like if you listen to the podcast, Hunting Warhead. He, the main pedophile, went to a doctor to try to, like, ask for help and the doctor kicked him out. Yeah. And, and, and he yeah. was so ashamed he never got treatment. Yeah. And it's like, is, is it something to do with the fact that the brain is, is malformed, is Yeah, is you never different. know. That's it. Mm-hmm. But also that these urges are, are so strong that they act on it. Again, like with with raping and with with yeah. these violent tendencies, like is is there something that the the pathways in the brain are not connecting, and your moral compass does not does not come yeah, up? You don't think it's wrong. are they undeveloped? Like are they or are they super egotistical mm. and they think that they're entitled to it? What is it? There's, I think it's a combination. Yeah. In a lot of a lot of the case. Yeah, which is why surgery is often the only answer, really. Yeah, well, chemical castration mm. at least. Yeah, well, it should be mandatory if they abuse. If they act out on it, it should be a mandatory, Yeah, you know. But Same human, with rapists. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. And, like, we are such complex creatures. Serial rapists. Oh, even, even once off, honestly. Mm. Don't even uh, – yeah, that's, that's yep. a story for another day with me. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Shall we go to a break? <sighs> yep. yay pink button we love that pink button awesome I am your host JD Horror 
and this is True Crime Horror Story, a true crime podcast designed like an anthology horror movie. It's definitely not for the faint of heart, and it's not played for laughs. Join us on January 30th, 2020, for the debut of Season 2. If you thought Season 1 was extreme, get ready, because you haven't heard anything yet. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Subscribe now wherever podcasts can be consumed, and check out our website at www.truecrimehorrorstory.com. True Crime Horror Story. Sometimes truth is brutal fiction. Welcome back. We're back. Yo, 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 what's up? <laughs> We've got to put her away from that, that, that mixing desk. She keeps reaching uh, over and just pressing random buttons. So that won't work though. It's like a cat on the keyboard. Oh, just like pause everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You literally are a cat. <laughs> it's just because I, my memory's terrible. I can't remember what light represents which sound. But all so we, it's just going to be a surprise. The pink one the pink is, one is a pretty one. one. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey guys, my constipation went away this morning after coffee. Whoa. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> the miracles of caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our special guest, Enya. Hello. Hello. Uh, you have another story, apparently. Oh, yes, I do. For I this megasode, by the way. This is going to be an extra long episode for all you people that are self-isolating. Yeah, this is like a feel-good. Um, yes. I, I think it's a feel-good. It's a ghost story. So, ah, cool. um, I, again, I ha- I'm a science-minded person. I also love history. I love law, um, love myth and legend, love, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Would I like totally believe in fairies, all that sort of stuff. Ghosts, not so much. Not really big really? ghost things. Wow. So you believe in fairies but not ghosts. Well, I've, really just, I've just come back from Ireland and if you set foot on that that soil, like you'd believe it too. There's, there's shit in that country that I swear to God, there are stones that are older than really? time. It's incredible. And Ka- like, Cassie's a fairy yeah. from... from um, Burlesque Underground. Yeah, I, she's. I, th- I, I honestly think she's a fa- every time I see her, she she literally looks like a fairy princess. Mm, she's beautiful. <laughs> um, so I yeah, I've never really been a ghost orientated person. Mm. I'm not particularly open to like my psyche isn't open to that medium. I'm not sensitive to it at all. Um, and this did happen to me when I was quite young. So I would have been about eight or nine, I, I would, sorry, I just turned nine. So my grandmother is, was a beautiful, wonderful woman. Um, I grew up in a very tumultuous household, um, divorced parents, story for another day. Okay, yep. <laughs> um, but my grandmother was someone that I truly had a really – um, Long term and still loving connection with. Mm-hmm. She used to um, take me out into the garden and put my hands in the dirt, and she would say things like, "Can you feel the earth? Like, can you feel it? Do you do you hear it? Do you feel what what this needs? Like, does it need water? Like, do you can you feel like?" And I was like four. Wow. So she'd always be out in the garden. She used to have this wall. I. I to me, I feel like it's 10 metres high, but probably because I was quite little, it mm. seemed so big. Um, but it was a wall of 
green ivy vines oh, with beautiful. purple flowers everywhere. And her house was full of all these little things, these knickknacks and beautiful things that she'd picked up on her travels. So she used to go to Bali 30 years ago. Mm. Um, and when I it was s- still awesome. And raw. Yeah. And I've got postcards of her where the ink is almost worn away because I've read them so many times. Mm. But it's like, you know, she used to tell me about how beautiful the dancers were and she brought shadow puppets home for me, these traditional... Shadow yeah, puppets. Mm. I've, st- I've got one in my house, so it's hers that she gave to me. Um, but I don't have the greatest relationship with my dad mm-hmm. and that family, but she was his mum. Yeah. Right. So when she was passing away, um, the last time I saw her, we were – my mum, and I appreciate her for this, took her – took my brother and I in to see her. Um, and it was a pretty confronting thing because she's my dad's mum. Mm-hmm. It was big of her to take me and, you know, she shouldn't have really kind of put herself in that position. And Mm. um, I remember seeing Nana in the bed and she was very little. Mm. Um, Mm. I just – that was my opinion of her. Um, And I was so happy to see her and I remember remember leaving and we had to leave quite quickly because my dad had actually come. Mm. So we had to make a very hasty exit. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, a – couple of weeks later um, I was I was asleep um, and the bed sunk down um, and I woke up and she was on the end of my bed mm. and she was just sitting there she had her pink ball fleecy dressing gown on that she always had that was like it wasn't terry toweling it was like polyester mm-hmm. and it was so old that it had all balled up mm-hmm. into like like pills all over this thing and I could smell her um and she I sat up and she just kind of p- patted me on the hand she said it's okay I'm, I'm right here um oh, it's okay I'm, I'm right here and it was so comforting and I went straight back to sleep wow um and mum told me in the morning that she'd actually died overnight. Wow. So um, her actually coming and giving me – because I didn't get to say goodbye because dad mm. came. Um, we had – like we, we couldn't be there. Yeah. So I didn't get to give her a cuddle. I didn't get to tell her I loved her. Um, and I so clearly see her – and I so clearly feel her, like I so clearly feel the bed sink down mm. um, and I so clearly feel her hand on my hand. And that moment I will 100% treasure my whole life. Um, and as I said, I'm not sensitive to ghosts. I'm mm. not sensitive to spirits. I don't necessarily have a lot of feeling with that. But that woman was so important to me mm. Um that she made sure I was okay. Wow. So it's one of those things where... That's really special. Yeah, and, you know, we can sometimes explain things and sometimes can't and, you know, I sometimes think that we can do more and we are so strong as human beings that Mm. there's so much that we can't explain. Totally, 100%. That's a nice ghost story. Yeah. It's beautiful. And I wasn't, at all, wasn't scared. I wasn't... I didn't have anything but warmth and love and peace and I went straight back to sleep. And wow. if I'd known different, I 
would I would have stayed awake or how do you even know and like you know I thought it was a a dream and you know to kind of find out in the morning that that had happened it was so clear to me that um that she was there Mm. um that it just can't be a coincidence Mm. I had the same thing happen when I was a kid but it's horrific it wasn't nice so the my grandma was murdered back in 2003 mm-hmm. maybe I think and apparently I don't remember it but apparently I ran screaming into my mum's room and was like Nonna's been hit in the head and she's been really hurt oh my god at like 10 o'clock at night mum's like just go back to bed and then the next day we found out she'd been like beaten to death wow at, right at 10 o'clock That's and I have no shame. recollection and how did you feel as a kid that you, you knew that how, how did well that I don't remember it at all I do not but mum said you came you screaming knew. in and was like Nonna's hurt her head because wow. I was a little kid wow yeah and then like a month after she was killed Bella and I were sharing the room because we were freaked out and the anniversary literally like the anniversary of her death one month later at 10 o'clock Bella was laying in bed and someone pushed her face like and nonna always used to like pinch our cheeks mm-hmm. i think it's an italian thing like yeah 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 she she grabbed bow's cheek and like shoved her face up wow and bow was like it get off me get off me and i was fast asleep and i'm like what's going on she's like someone just like grabbed my cheek like wow. right at 10 o'clock mm. I'm like, scary yeah, grandparents, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, for... they know shit. They like... Yeah, 100%. They got ways. They got yeah. special ways. I'm still scared of my grandmother. I am a 30-year-old woman. <laughs> yeah. And like things happen and I'm like, nope, can't do that. None will murder me. She'll come back from the grave. That'll be it. I'm done for. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> oh, wow. special. All right. Are you Emotional. Guys... Hmm. Are you guys ready for a different story? Yeah. No. No. And that's the end of the episode, guys. (laughs) Thanks for coming. Are you going to push a button? Wait, what does this one do? (gasps) We haven't used that one yet. All right, the blue one's good too. The blue one's good too. That's like like an aqua. Okay, aqua, 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 turquoise. Turquoise, 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 turquoise. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, we when we, we when we had our last compression session, mm. we got onto this huge tangent, didn't we, about North Korea? Oh <gasps> yes, yes, <laughs> yes! Oh my god, I completely forgot about this. I'm so excited. I'm so excited, ladies and gentlemen, Gemma. good guess i'm so excited so i decided to look into that uh story that we were talking about about the guy that got yes uh, arrested in north korea winner winner chicken dinner yeah and i knew bits and pieces about it but i did a deep dive into it so today i'm gonna tell you the story of otto warmbier yes So Otto Warmbier was an American university student born in 1994. Oh, my age. Uh Yeah, yeah, you're really young when this happened. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) He was the eldest of three children and his parents' names were Cindy and Fred. 
I think his mum was Cynthia, but people called mm. her Cindy. Uh, he was seen as a pretty awesome guy from all the research that I've looked at. Like everyone was all like, he was really cool. He was outspoken. He mm. wore Hawaiian shirts. He always liked to make people laugh. <laughs> that is always a good sign. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. He was also quite smart as well. Um, Did you as- see fucking hmm? John Wayne Gacy? Didn't he wear Hawaiian shirts? Did he? I think so. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to look into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was very outgoing, very smart, and he especially liked um, anything to do with, like, maths and a bit, like, you know, clever like that. And Sorry, rest in peace. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and he also loved to travel. He was um, really interested in different cultures. Um, by the end of 2015, he had visited Israel, Cuba, Ecuador, and had also taken part in a foreign exchange program to study at the London School of Economics in the UK. Um, he was a member of a fraternity at his university, and he was doing a double major degree at the University of Virginia in commerce and economics. He... Okay... So he decides to go to North Korea because he's got some time between studying and he's got a little bit of time. So he's found this tour Mm. and it only goes for five days. Yeah, right. Okay. So after Christmas in 2015, he gets into North Korea on the 29th of December and he was part of a tour group called Young Pioneer Tours and it's a budget tour company based in China with a team of almost 20 tour guides from around the world. Um, I went onto their website. I had a good read. There's like there's tour guides from Canada, China, UK, all sorts of places. Mm. According to their website, not only do we enjoy fa- fantastic relations with our colleagues in the Democratic People's Republic of Korea and around the world, but we have first-hand knowledge and know how to open doors that would otherwise remain closed if not travelling with us. Oh, that young sounds dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, young Pioneer Tours was started in 2008 by a British traveller named Gareth Johnson, and it att- attracts the type of traveller that may want to visit places lesser known than your usual resorts. So dark tourism. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mate. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. I'd put it somewhere between backpacking and dark mm. tourism. Mm. Um. Yeah, it's kind of definitely off the beaten track, if yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. You'd look. You'd have to have a sense of adventure if you want to kind of open a door in North Korea. Yeah, I think honest. I, I, I think I'd do it if it was five days. If it was real short, I'd do it. I think. I think it'd be really interesting. I'm really on the fence. Mm. I would actually really like to visit, but this story really freaks me out. Yeah, well, you wouldn't screw around. Mm. Like you would not put one step out of line. No, exactly. You would be Perfect. Card, a cardboard person. Mm-hmm. Like, just yep. take it in. Don't say shit. Yep. Don't do anything stupid. Yeah. Don't try and take a photograph. No. no. Nothing. Just go and observe. Yeah. Get out. Just yeah. observe and get out. Yeah. So, Otto is on his way to becoming a banker, and he knows there's a lot of hard work ahead, so he's decided to take this trip. Being the kind of guy that is interested in foreign cultures, he decided on North Korea. He chose this five-day tour and it's called the New Year's Party Tour. 
Otto's parents were a bit concerned about his decision but knew they couldn't really stop him since it was something that he, he genuinely really was interested in doing. So since the US government advised against travelling to North Korea, the tour group planned to arrange his visa outside of the US um, in Beijing. He meets the group in China and they take an old jet to Pyongyang. When they get there, the border control officers confiscate their cameras and check their phones to make sure that no banned materials are being brought into the country. When he starts the tour, he learns that the North Koreans have little regard for Americans. And uh, Americans are referred to in one tour as um, uh, the imperial enemy. Um, They take them on a tour of an old American Navy ship at one point and it's basically just a huge monologue about how you know, it, it's 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 North Korea against the imperial enemy, and um, apparently he was quite shocked by this. Yeah, super aggressive. Mm. So the tour group is made up of travellers from Australia, Canada, the UK, and all over Europe, and there's one or two other American tourists as well. They started making fun of Otto, calling him the imperial enemy to make fun of the situation. Um, which had kind of shocked him. They visited um, giant bronze statues of North Korean dictators and they see people randomly hailing the statues, um, but they know that North Korea hides a dark side of poverty and oppression. So it's New Year's Eve and the group go for a few drinks at a nice bar. Apparently it's quite an upper-class bar before heading to the main square of Pyongyang. And apparently there are thousands and thousands of people there celebrating the new year. After that, they head back to their hotel, which is a 47-storey building with restaurants, a bowling alley and a spa, and they all separate to do different things. So Otto's room, his roommate is a British guy called Danny Gratton, and he's from the UK. So Danny decides to go bowling. Uh, he said they were about two hours. He does not know where Otto went. But when he got back to their room at about 4.30am, Otto was already asleep in bed. So the next morning, uh, so a day go pa- goes past and then the next day on the 2nd of January, it was time to leave North Korea. The group heads to Pyongyang International Airport Danny and Otto were at the end of the line and they realised that the airport officers were really going through their documents and Mm. taking longer than the other tourists. Two soldiers came up and tapped Otto on the shoulder and Danny says as a joke, well, that's the last we'll ever see of you. Oh, my God. And he said Otto didn't look scared, but that was the last time he ever saw him. Fucking hell. And they take Otto through this wooden door and we don't really know what happened after that. The group got onto the plane and then an official comes on board stating that Otto had become very sick and that they had taken him to the hospital. Yeah, a gunshot will do that to you. Yeah. Yeah. The next thing they know, Otto has been arrested due to the release of a CCTV video showing a person taking a framed propaganda poster off a wall in the hotel. 
you can't tell who the person is. Apparently, the poster read in Korean, let's arm ourselves strongly with Kim Jong-il's patriotism. And I'll show you a picture uh, from that video. It's extremely Mm. grainy. Mm. I just got uh, just a screen grab of it. And you can really see how... (laughs) It's so grainy. It's ridiculous. Could be anyone. Oh, okay. Could it's be just anyone. a black figure, like uh, just an outline of a figure. Yeah, yeah. you can't it's even distinguish. Damn, look how like that looks like a hospital. That yeah. hotel. Yeah. And he's at the end of a hallway. Like this is end of a hallway, and yeah, it's and like miles away. Another one. It's just. Oh You yeah. can see an arm reaching out onto the wall, and not much else. Like you, you, you cannot tell who this person is. There's no, no way. way. No. Now. Gareth Johnson, the founder and CEO of Young Pioneer Tours, who are still going, by the way, if you want to do a tour of North Korea, head over to their website. Um, He stayed in North Korea to see if he could figure out um, what was going on. The thing is, apparently he wasn't the leader of this particular tour. The the tour guide was somebody else. Yeah. And so the tours come home now and he's gone over there to try and figure out what was going on yeah yeah so the rest of the tourists have gone on home that's really nice of a tour guide like you'd expect if they're kind of exchange students themselves from all over the world they wouldn't stay back in north korea to check where this guy's gone Uh, yeah it's pretty good of him i mean to to go there physically and and try to figure the situation out on his own yeah yeah Uh, So he contacted Otto's family to explain what had happened. They also contacted the Embassy of Sweden, who look after American consular issues in North Korea. They also contacted the US Department of State. And this is, it gets a little confusing, but I tried to sort of like write it in a way that was a lot simpler than (laughs) the minefield of information that I came across. Um, The officer dealing with Otto's case in the Department of State was a guy called Robert King. He knows North Korea will use Otto's imprisonment as some sort of bargaining commodity. He also knew that the North Koreans would probably force Otto to make some sort of fake apology or confession so they could use him as an example of the American enemy sending in spies. Yeah, okay. Uh, And that's exactly what happened. On the 29th of February 2016, so a couple of months have passed, a press conference was held during which Otto had to read a prepared statement saying that he had stolen a propaganda poster from an area of the building that was strictly forbidden to guests. And I'll just show you a picture of him being led into that um, uh, press conference. Here he is. Oh, okay. This is such a heavy story. It's yeah, it's, it's and there's scar- so it, much more to it than I yeah. than I than I realized. So he's like tied up with ropes. Looks like no, I think I think or is that just his I hands? Think it's his undershirt, but like he, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he drops like a shit ton of weight. Yeah, yeah. So he's walking in. His head is bowed, uh, and there are soldiers. Um, behind him and in front of him. Yeah, like holding a document. Yeah. yeah. So this is a little bit weird because I've seen sources say that 
the forbidden part of the hotel that he went to was the second floor, but most sources to, seem to say it's the fifth floor that is forbidden. And apparently uh, the elevator doesn't stop there. It just goes mm. one, two, three, four, six, seven. Mm. Um, so I need to tell you about this hotel. It's called Yangekto International Hotel and is one of the largest hotels in North Korea. It's generally preferred that Western travellers stay there, according to the source material. Um, In 2011, there was a video taken by some American tourists, including one Dr. Calvin Sun, who decided to go to this fabled fifth floor. And it does actually show a dark corridor of propaganda material on the walls. I wonder why they even have that. Yeah. I guess maybe in case, like, the official government come and maybe it's mandatory to have, like... Maybe it's a trap for Americans. Yeah. For them to have a reason to take someone prisoner and then they've mm. got leverage against Americans. But, like, mm. how would they even find out about that It's a weird trap. If they, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like, you'd have to have a staff member telling you about this, don't go to the fifth floor... I feel like it's a piece of cheese in a mousetrap. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? So this group of students in 2011 um, went to this Mm. forbidden floor and they actually took a video, which is on YouTube, Mm -hmm. and it's a group of them that go in there. Um, But for some reason they weren't caught or they weren't arrested, anything like that. So going back to Otto's staged confession, it's so weird, you guys. This, this video, you can see the confession on YouTube. Mm. Um, I think – what year did this happen? 2016. 2016. I, was in, I was in Tokyo while this was on the news. Really? I remember watching it in Tokyo on the news and he looked – like it's so upsetting. It's He's really crying. It's, it's really He's weird. Like lost all his weight. Yeah. It's really scary. It's yes. scary and it's sad – but it's mostly scary. It's real scary, yeah. Like total prisoner of war. It, there's just yeah. something really, really, really off with it. Mm. There's something – it's so off-putting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's creepy as hell. Uh, it's really obvious that he's been coached and that he's rehearsed this over and over again with someone who doesn't really understand Western mannerisms. Mm. Right. So there's, there's one point um, in his so-called confession where he um, – he says something like, um, uh, I should never have made this mistake and I apologise profusely. And he, yeah. and he sort of throws his hands in the air and it's just – it's a gesture that just kind of American people mm, or no. Western people just would not use. On, yeah. Especially on that word. Like, yeah. That's it's, like an uh, – yeah, it's, it's really strange. It's aired on state TV – and it's filmed in a room um, filmed, filled with photographers and stern-looking people in suits. It looks kind of like a, um, like a conference room in a hotel or something mm. like that. That's what, what the place looks like. Um, Otto told the audience that he had made the worst mistake of his life and begged for the North Korean government to save him, allegedly. Uh, See, so another thing is, would he say, save me? Or no. would he say... Forgive? Forgive. Forgive me, release me, 
save me is a little yeah. bit kind of When he's being held weird. by the government, it's real weird. Yeah. It's really but odd. That, that's like the whole hero thing though. Like they Yeah. 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 Uh, allegedly, in addition to the fake CCTV video, a North Korean official uh, apparently had special knowledge of the case and claimed that a member of the Friendship United Methodist Church in Wyoming, Ohio, which is where Otto was from, mm. offered to give Otto a $10,000 car if he could get a propaganda poster from North Korea. Oh, Jesus. Right. Yes. OPS, Otto is Jewish. <laughs> oh, yeah, some sort of Methodist church. Yeah. Right. Because they've got the vendetta against Korea. Yeah. It's really, in really what? Odd. Ho- Idaho. Where is it? Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, some- o- yeah, Ohio. And this and this North Korea, Korean official has apparently special uh, intelligence oh, yeah, saying that this this the agreement took I heard like- the church wants to give him a car for a poster. Yeah. My wife's a less <laughs> My wife is gay. But that's like, it's such a, that, that's something that would be worth money to them, not to an American dude. Like he'd want $10,000 car. That's he'd not want, a great car. No. Like, and he'd want the cash, man. Like as if you'd buy, like, I don't want your dad's, you know, 2010 Camry. Like and why would yeah. a church need <laughs> North Korean propaganda? Exactly. Yeah. Like, no. Nah. Oh, my God. This is why it's so weird. So Otto was sentenced to 15 years hard labour. Mm. You know what that means? Concentration camp. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Uh, they also said he was sent uh, – oh, yeah, this going back to this um, guy who has intelligence, the North Korean dude mm. – uh, he also said that um, Otto was sent by the CIA and a secret group called the Z Society based at the University of Virginia. <laughs> so apparently people were bribing him left, right and centre to bring posters home. Yeah, okay. Honey, that's not how America works. No, that, that <laughs> the Z department, what? Uh, the Z Society, the apparently Z it's like a semi-secret society that's Well, they can't be that good at being secret if this oh, Korean know. dude found out about him. It's all a bit sketchy. Anyway, so Robert King, uh, the guy from the Department of State, he, had, he knew he had no leg to stand on for um, conducting negotiations with North Korea. Uh, Otto's parents were put in, ch- in touch with another guy called Bill Richardson and he is ambassador to the United Nations and former governor of New Mexico. He had – there's a lot of names coming up, sorry. He had helped free Americans from North Korea in the past. He met several times with North Korean representatives in Manhattan – uh, however, it became clear to him that they were only messengers to the North Korean government and they were not in a position of power. Uh, Richardson's senior advisor, Mikey Bergman, travelled to... Oh, sorry, it could be Mickey Bergman. Travelled to Pyongyang with permission from the Obama administration in order to offer humanitarian aid to North Korean flood victims... P.S. And also to negotiate a release for Otto. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of sitting down in an office to discuss these affairs, um, Bergman's handlers took him on a four-day sightseeing tour, uh, sending oh. him information, sending information about their discussions back to government officials in secret. Mm. So you know he went to see the 
the ship that Otto had gone see, gone yeah. to see, and all, all that the stuff. Big bronze statues showing them how good their leaders are. Yeah, and exactly. And they were all like, "Hey, we're your friends, man. You can tell us anything." And yeah. he's like, uh, yeah. "Yeah, okay, whatever." <laughs> so, when he finally met with a minister, he was told that he could not see Otto, and his request for discussion was refused. Shortly after Trump's inauguration, a group of North Korean officials planned to visit the U.S which was a great opportunity to bring up Otto's case. However, our friend Kim Jong-un assassinated his half-brother. So the trip was cancelled. Right. Um, Because America was like, um, you you just blew up your brother with a nuclear weapon. Um, Seriously? I don't think it's a good time for a visit. Time out first and then come back. Time out. (laughs) Uh, So finally, in April of 2017, the US Special Representative to North Korea, his name is Joseph Yun, he was able to travel to Norway to meet with North Korean officials there about nuclear negotiations. Mm. They agreed that a Swedish ambassador could visit four American detainees. But when he got there, he could only see one, and he didn't get to see Otto. So... They're just trying different avenues and every avenue they're coming to a brick wall. Mm. Yeah. And it sounds like the Koreans are like, hey, yes, this is what we'll do. Oh, you're here. No. Exactly. Yeah. Do you think at that point he was already like comatose? That's why they were just like Uh, shifting people around. Yeah. Yeah, It sounds like he'd been. Yeah. Yeah. In June, Joseph Yun was called to New York to meet with the North Korean representatives who told him Otto was actually unconscious. There we go. So we're in 2017 here. We're in June 2017. So he's, he's been over there for a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, Joseph demands that uh, Otto be released on humanitarian grounds. And this was actually really strongly supported by Donald Trump. Mm. Yun put together a team of diplomats and medical experts to fly to Pyongyang to get Otto. The medical director he chose was a 67-year-old uh, Michael Flukiger, who had a trauma doc- who had been a trauma doctor for 31 years. He had worked in areas aff- affected by Ebola to get Americans out. Um, he done all sorts of stuff. However, mm. when he was asked to go to North Korea, he was scared but committed. Right. Even when they got there, Joseph Yoon had to go through hours of negotiations. The North Koreans did not want to give up their prisoner. Finally, he and Flukiger were driven to a place called Friendship Hospital, which Jesus. I kind of thought was weird because mm. it's the same name as the church, the Friendship Methodist Church in Ohio. Oh, wow. Yeah, that I is I was like, weird. what's up with that, man? Uh, so they finally go to this Friendship Hospital and they finally see Otto. He was pale, unresponsive, unresponsive with a feeding tube going through his nose. He also had a tracheotomy scar on his neck showing that he he had been assisti- assisted to breathe at one point what Whoa, did they do to him so it's removed. already scarred over so this has been going on for a long time yeah he showed no signs of awareness the hospital said he had been transported there the previous year and he was Jesus. brain damaged wow. out yun continued to negotiate for otto to be brought home and they refused 
Yun played his last card and called for his plane to come and get him and his team. The North Koreans could not risk Otto dying in their custody. They finally agreed, just as Yun's team were preparing to leave. Otto was rushed by ambulance to the plane and flew him home. A year and a half after he left the US, Otto returned to his family. When his parents stepped into the plane, Otto was howling and jerking. Mm. He was strapped to the stretcher and didn't seem to be able to acknowledge his, his surroundings. His mother said his arms and legs were totally deformed. What? And that his hair was shaved off. Oh, my God. She said it also looked like someone had taken a pair of pliers and rearranged his bottom teeth, which is pretty crazy. So they've just tortured and tortured and tortured. Yeah, concentration camps. Mm. Otto's sister ran screaming from the plane. Poor girl. That's like, this is nightmarish. This is... It's awful. One of the worst. really bad. It was not evident what had happened to Otto. The North Koreans claimed he had had a reaction to sleeping pills or perhaps a a case of botulism, which apparently is some kind of poisoning uh, reaction or something. Uh, and it causes paralysis. What? And your bones to rearrange themselves. And to Apparently. break every limb. Apparently yeah. so. Repeatedly. Otto's parents claimed he had been beaten and tortured based on his injuries and scars. And they actually said this on national television. Mm. After returning to the US, Otto developed a fever and after six days back passed away. The coroner disagreed with Cindy and Fred's assertion that Otto had been tortured, although there was never any clear cause of death offered. What, what other explanation would that be, though? We don't really know. I did read or hear that apparently there was... Um, so there was no actual impact on his brain from... Like, say, for example, with Jean Bonnet, mm. there, was there was no the perfect indentation of the torch. Yeah. yeah. What if it was like a lobotomy? Because they can do that through the eyes. Well, what they found was apparently the, the damage to his brain was an like an even it, it was evenly dispersed across wow. his entire brain. So wonder if that's so poison it could, or it could or have oxygen been, deprivation. They also said it was a oxi- oxygen deprivation, so like waterboarding. Waterboarding. Like they could have potentially like, fro- freezing. Like maybe there's a whole heap of shit. Even malnutrition, yeah, poisoning, yeah. encephalitis. Like if you're if you've been put in a position where your brain is swelling, yeah, mm, completely. Mm. That's or maybe it. some sort of parasite sickness, parasitic sickness. You'd end up you'd find the cysts mm. in the brain. So okay. if you had worms or a parasite, there'd surely be scar tissue. You'd see, yeah, you'd see the like the cyst where the, the worm was eating your brain or something right. like that. But okay. if, if it was like if it's if it's an even spurs of damage, like I I imagine that your brain has swelled to the mm. capacity of your skull and what happens is you end up with it um, escaping out the bottom of your skull mm-hmm. um, and it causes massive brain damage. Like you end up almost a vegetable. And like encephalitis is really bad. Mm. Well, that is literally all we know about Otto's case. I just think it's so fascinating. Um, it gives me absolute goosebumps every time yeah. I think about it. 
It's just, terrifying. This is it's awful. It's terrifying. really, really terrifying. And another thing is we don't have any evidence that he committed any crime. We don't have any evidence that he took a poster. We don't mm-hmm. have his luggage. We don't have any actual forensic evidence that he committed any crime. It's just so upsetting because from that moment he was escorted away from the tour group. He he that's like a up. year and a half of mm-hmm. absolute torture. I mean from that moment and fear he's, he's, and he's just a pawn in the America North Korea chess game basically. How scary being in an unknown country not being able to speak their language mm. knowing how dangerous it is and then just being completely abused. Mm. I just wanted so to scary. acknowledge my sources as well. Um, ABC News USA, Young P- YoungPioneerTours.com, uh, Wikipedia, YouTube channel Kendall Ray, who actually mm. is also from Mile Higher Podcast, uh, and a really epic article in GQ.com um, that was just a wealth of information. That mm. was really amazing. Hardcore. That was – I love – that, thank you. So, Fucking yeah, there was actually a lot more to it than I realised when I went in. Mm. Um, it's so heavy. Story. So heavy. And that's terrifying that that happens nowadays. Mm-hmm. This, that totally was four man. years oh, ago. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, yeah. Two, two and a half yeah. years ago, he passed away. Yeah, but you wouldn't think that you're oh, like... That's like unit... Is it the Japanese unit 731? What's that? Or 371? It was the experimentation ward in Japan during oh. the war. And they did like – it's pretty oh. much the worst cases of torture ever. I read about Nazis. something awful that might have been from that. It was a man who had been exposed to radiation. Oh, no, that wasn't from that unit. That was – You know I, the one? And yeah, he, and they kept him alive for – Oh, it was horrible. It's insane. I think he had an accident at a nuclear power plant or something and they decided they just kept, to – They wanted to see how long he could live it and was, he's literally like – It was awful. Melting. He's melting and they're just like keeping him alive. It's horrible. Oh it's fucked. No, but this unit is like they used to get – um, uh, I think they were Koreans – they used to bring Koreans in and, um, like, freeze-dry their hands and then crack them off with hammers and then, Ugh. like, keep keep them submerged in water and, like, snow temperatures and then, like, break off their bod- bits of body. Um, I saw that in a movie. Experimenting on babies. Like, like the worst cases of torture. Yeah. It's, it's insane. That seems so unnecessary. Like, what scientific... Well, that's, that's how doc, that's how the medical industry is based on like yeah. that so today's medicine was so much of it was learned from nazis same with like this unit in japan so much medical shit we know today is from torture and experiment not so much torture i mean technically it's torture but it's experimentation mm, and the nazis used to get around it a lot by offering um offering it to the jewish Doctors. Well, not even. They'd offer it to the prisoners. They'd say to them, mm. like, I remember reading a... Um, yeah, that, they'd keep them safe if they yeah. helped with... They assisted with the operations and yep. the experimentations. 100%. Um, a guy was like, I, he went in and found a um, prisoner and was like, I will give you three square meals a day. You'll be clean. Yeah. In a bed, hot, 
hot food, comfortable, but um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to experiment on you. And that's literally how we found out about the di- digestive system was he put a pipe into his stomach and like would lower food into it and figure out how the enzymes in the stomach would digest, fu- would digest food. Oh, my God. It's, yeah, man. We, they literally pulled people apart to find out yeah. what Ooh. made them work. It, yeah, completely. They did no. them when they were alive, did it, you know, watch the time their death then did shit to their bodies after they're dead, then start all over again. You hear about yep. pregnant women back in the concentration camps being, like, helped through birth and then straight away they take the baby away and they do experiments on it. Yeah, like the limits of the human body. Mm. Yeah. The shit's fucked. <laughs> so, yeah. Experimentation um, on people is not... One of my favourite subjects. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't imagine that it incites a lot of joy in a lot of people. No. Oh, no. I'm very interested by mm, it. Like, sure. I do so much. I look into that shit a lot. But, no, to ins- to make you excited that something, you know, you got to check yourself. <laughs> yeah. If you're getting excited, honey, um, book an appointment. <laughs> like, No. <laughs> Well, I'm guessing that we just um, signed away any opportunity that we had to go to North Korea with. Uh, you know what? I've changed group. my mind. I don't think I really want to go. My well, mum went to the border of North Korea. I bagged Kim Jong Un just on our podcast, so I'm gonna guess they're not wanting me. Probably not. <laughs> they've, they've crossed out your name in the the book. The, I'm the blacklisted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this one. Have you guys seen on um, that movie, The Interview? Oh, yes. I've seen half of it. God damn, I freaking love it. <laughs> oh, funny. yeah, guys, cheer yourself up. I want to watch that again. Watch it tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 With um, uh, J- uh, James Franco. And what's Seth the funny Rogen? guy? Seth Rogen. The funny guy. I love him <laughs> so much. Holy shit. His Twitter account this week, because he's isolating himself, he's like, I've gotten really stoned and I'm watching cats the movie and i'm live tweeting the whole thing and he's like what's a jellical someone explain what is a jellical the cats don't have bum holes jason derulo is hovering above the ground where's his genitals it's so good i'm i was like pissing oh man (laughs) and then it went back to him being like there it is again a jellical what is it <laughs> yeah, this is the so new good. existential question. Right? Right. <laughs> okay. Well, well thanks well, for coming in. Yeah, oh, cheers, Anya. You're a legend. Me. God, you're smart. Yeah, oh, you're thanks. really smart. You're really good. We have a lot of smart friends, don't we? Yeah. Thanks. You're really good. You've been a good one. Thanks. <laughs> you I, can I read come a back. <laughs> I don't know why. I also totally tend to fall awkward. down. <laughs> <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> oh my god anyway, guys, all right subscribe listen um follow us on instagram i think my fridge is haunted don't forget to hashtag us i think my fridge is haunted hashtag socially awkward hashtag be creepy but don't be a creep um uh, anything to plug not really we don't have any gigs because everything's been cancelled <laughs> do no you gigs. have anything to plug no all my gigs are cancelled too but i'm sick yeah um apart from wonderground wonderground burlesque Mm-hmm. Um, is is rad new venue when everyone oh, yeah. opens back up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really cool, um, really cool space. It's um, really, it's really sweet. Yeah, yeah and yeah, it's, it's like super functional for parties. And it's and near and us. It's in <laughs> what Mentone? It's Southside. Yeah, Mentone. Yeah, yeah sick wine. Woo! 
you can also follow uh, Taken by Tate photos as yes, well. Yes, Gary Tate photos of us has had to sit through an two hours of us talking about pedophiles, North Korea, um, ghosts, possums, creatures, death. Yeah, um, the whole time he's been in this hellhole, just <laughs> taking photos of us, and unfortunate brides. Oh yeah, shit, liquid shit. Um, <laughs> what else? Constipation, uh, sex dolls, the whole, the whole lion dogs, lion dogs. Uh, yeah, what else? That, that's uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Till next week. Be creepy, but don't be a creep. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Wait, <laughs> D- but don't be a creep. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Dad. Fuck, you do it. <laughs> <laughs>